Hello to all you Eagles fans out there. This is episode 3 of the Missing Link Podcast. Your connection to the Eagles through the eyes of a fan. Today we're going to preview the first road game of the year, heading on down to Georgia to face the Atlanta Falcons. I wanted to take a second at the top of the podcast to thank everyone for their support and subscriptions and reviews over the last week. We've already reached over 200 unique listens during this week, which has been absolutely incredible. So thank you so very much. And please, if you haven't already, please subscribe and give a five-star rating on iTunes or whatever app that you choose to listen to this on. Thank you. But enough about how awesome you guys are. Let's get to how exciting this week has been. A little thing I like to call victory week it's been a great week to be an eagles fan i've been enjoying all these deshaun jackson highlights interviews and you got to feel good coming off of a big win against a divisional opponent but now we got to take our attention and we have to turn it towards this weekend where we're going to be facing a very dangerous opponent in the atlanta falcons despite their loss 28 to 12 to the vikings last week this is a very good team and as I look closer at these different matchups and what we can expect on sunday the eagles are absolutely in for a fight Recent history between the Falcons and the Eagles has been really exciting. Doug Peterson is 3-0 against Dan Quinn since he's taken over the team. One of those victories coming in a playoff game at the link, where Julio Jones was in the back of the end zone and was unable to come down with a game-winning touchdown. After that, the Eagles just went on to win the Super Bowl. No big deal. (laughs) I like to remind myself that we won the Super Bowl. It's still not real to me. But that just goes to show, even last year, 18-12, how close these games have been really it comes down to one or two plays that really set us apart as we get deeper into this matchup i want you to keep in mind the falcons have really good players as we look at the offense and the defense i'm going to highlight individual players that i think are going to have a big impact in this matchup and a lot of them actually got hurt during the eagles game last year pretty early on which led to the eagles pulling that one out so there'll be some extra motivation on the Falcons sideline for those players to get some revenge against the team that knocked them out of the 2018 season let's take a look at this prolific falcons offense quarterback matt ryan's actually from the philadelphia area but last year he was fantastic even though he lost his starting running back and had calvin ridley as a rookie he threw for 35 touchdowns and seven interceptions he's actually had eight straight 4,000 yard seasons he's always kind of teetering between great and elite i would say he's more great than elite he's got some very dangerous weapons on the outside and he knows how to use them so we can't discount how good matt ryan could possibly be in this matchup it is indoors at home where he usually plays very well and any conversation about matt ryan quickly turns into a conversation about julio jones who is now the highest paid receiver in the nfl the guy is an absolute machine last year he had over 1600 yards and that has a lot to do with his size. He's 6'6", but he's also extremely fast. Julio Jones being so good leads to a lot of double coverage, which is what we've employed with him. The Falcons have been searching for a number two receiver to complement Julio, and I think they finally found one in Calvin Ridley from Alabama. Great route runner, good hands, makes the most of his opportunities. He wasn't targeted a huge amount last year, but he was still able to score 10 touchdowns. When you have Julio Jones on one side and your second receiver scoring 10 touchdowns, you're putting a lot of stress on the opposing defense, especially when you have the Eagles corners. That could be a huge problem on Sunday. So what has Jim Swartz done the past couple of years to kind of corral this passing attack? He's employed a defense I'd like to call, let Julio Jones do whatever the hell he wants and hope to God nobody else beats us. 
Because in the last three games, Julio Jones has had 29 catches for 405 yards, but zero touchdowns. And that's really the key. Let him get his big yardage totals. Let him get his catches. Because the guy is going to get the catches because he's so damn good. But just making sure that he doesn't score. Bottling him up in the red zone. Making sure that someone else beats you while they're down there. Which the supporting cast of the Falcons hasn't been able to do. And that needs to continue on Sunday. So Josh, uh, this Falcons offense seems kind of scary. Do they have a weakness? Why yes, dear listener, they do. It's their offensive line. They have a great center in Alex Mack. He's been named to four straight Pro Bowls. And they have a good left tackle in Jake Matthews, who was named actually the 2018 Pro Bowl, so his best year was last year. Uh, the guard positions, James Carpenter is in the left guard, who has been bouncing around the league since he left Seattle. He's kind of a bust as a first-round draft pick there. And on the right-hand side, they had one of their first-round draft pick, Chris Lindstrom, who had a foot injury last week and is actually going to be out for the rest of the year. So that opens up a big hole. Jamon Brown is going to be filling in that gap at right guard. He got cut last year in the middle of the season and ended up playing eight games for the Giants, which... Pretty much tells you everything you need to know. The Falcons signed him in the offseason to an $18 million contract, and even despite signing that, he actually lost the left guard battle in training camp. So with the injury to Lindstrom, he's able to move over to the right guard and actually start. But he's been a disappointment considering how much money they put into him in free agency. Next to him is another rookie who was the other first-round draft pick at 31 overall. He was splitting reps with another starter at right tackle, but he was actually named the full-time starter this week. I think you see where I'm going with this. We have two guards who aren't necessarily all that strong. Alex Mack, the center, is a stud, but he can't protect his right and left side at the same time. So having Fletcher Cox, Timmy Jernigan, stunts with Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett, we're going to see some action in the middle of the line. And at the right tackle position with a rookie starting there, I think he's going to have quite a few welcome to the NFL moments facing someone like Brandon Graham for an entire 60 minutes. If he can sack Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, I think he can get around a rookie right tackle and sack Matt Ryan a few times. So this is the game that I want you to focus on when the Falcons are on offense. Take a look at the guard position. I know it's not sexy, but see the kind of push that Fletcher Cox, Timmy Jernigan, and blitzing linebackers get. Because pressure from the inside kills any quarterback. And if we're able to consistently provide that, which we weren't able to do last week, so I'm not saying I'm confident that that's going to happen. If we're able to actually do that... I think we have a really good chance to win this game. So I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that last week's performance woke that D-line up and they're actually going to be hungry to go on the road against a playoff team and show what they can actually do. The defensive backs also have to cover much better. Last week against the Redskins, they couldn't cover anybody, and those were all basically rookie receivers and journeymen. Now we're playing against the best receiver in football and one of the best complements and secondary receivers that there are in the league with a quarterback who can get them the ball pretty accurately and consistently. They need to make sure that they wrap up tackle, When the D-line actually gets home, and Matt Ryan will throw a few interceptions, he'll throw a couple jump balls. You need to make sure that you take advantage of those. Darby dropped an interception last week. That can't happen this week. You need to capitalize on the gifts that Matt Ryan will give. Something that is going in the Eagles' favor with the Falcons' offense is that the running game hasn't been sharp yet. Last week against Minnesota, Devontae Freeman, their number one running back, didn't have a great night. Eight carries for only 19 yards. He got hurt last year during the Eagles game, so I expect him to be a little more motivated this week, being at home, playing the team that he got hurt against. He's a good player. Not something you can overlook. Good on screens, can catch the ball out of the backfield. I would anticipate running to the left side because that's their strong side at this point. If Derek Barnett 
and Fletcher Cox and hold up in the run game and stuff some of that stuff out and keep it to third and longs, I feel pretty good about where we can be and forcing Matt Ryan into the, some of those errant throws. No turnovers last week. We need to at least get one or two this week. Wrapping up the Falcons' offense, their strengths lie at quarterback and wide receiver. Need to ensure that Julio Jones, even if he gets his 10 catches, which he can, and that's just kind of the player that he is, keeping him out of the end zone and making other players beat us. On the other side of the coin, the weaknesses of the Falcons' offense is in at guard and right tackle, and it's going to be imperative that we take advantage of that with our defensive line organically without the use of blitzes. Let's flip over to the Falcons' defense. They had terrible injury luck last year. They lost their starting safety. They lost their starting linebacker. They were just dropping like flies. And so this year, they're fully healthy. They have everyone back. They gave up 28 points last week, but they have a lot of talented pieces. So these players on the Falcons' defense can definitely impact this game, and the Eagles need to be prepared for them. One of the major players for the Falcons' back this year is Deion Jones. He plays the linebacker position, and most of the time you think of those guys as good tacklers, but Deion Jones is actually a fantastic pass coverage linebacker as well. He has eight interceptions in his career, and three of those have actually been returned for touchdowns, so once he gets the ball in his hands, he actually can do something with it. In front of him is Grady Jarrett, defensive tackle, who actually had three sacks in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. I'm sure they want to forget the final score of that game, but Pro Bowler in 2017, He's somebody that Kelsey, Brooks, and Sayamalu really have to look out for in the run game. And that's really the key to this. The Eagles' offense last week ran the ball pretty well. The Falcons' defense gave up 172 yards to the Minnesota Vikings. So that's what we need to be able to do. We need to be able to run the ball consistently. And Kirk Cousins only threw 10 passes. If we're able to run the ball in a similar fashion, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of Carson. He doesn't have to be a hero. doesn't have to throw 250-yard bombs to Deshaun Jackson to get back into the game. Where if we were able to run the ball with Sanders, Howard, even Darren Sproles, even though I gave him some crap last week, that's really going to open up a lot of things for the offense and keep the Falcons on their toes. They're not a great run defense, and we need to take advantage of that. In the secondary, the Falcons have a great safety, Keanu Neal. Tore his ACL last year, but he's back in action. He has eight forced fumbles in his two years in the league, so he's a big hitter. Gotta watch out for him. And combined with their corners, Desmond Trufant and Isaiah Oliver, Deshaun's not going to be able to just run past Trufant. He ran a 4-3 in his combine, so it's not something where we can get behind this defense consistently. If we can get behind him, that's great, but work in the middle of the field with Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey is more likely. So when the Eagles offense is on the field, take a look at the Falcons defensive line. How is it holding up in the run game? And is that opening up those play-action passes? If we're not able to get the run game going, if we're not able to contain Grady Jarrett, Deion Jones, and even Keanu Neal when he comes down into the box. Doug Peterson's going to be missing an opportunity to attack the biggest weakness on the Falcons' defense. So how do I think this game is going to shake out? I don't think it's going to be low scoring. Like, both offenses are pretty prolific. I don't have a ton of confidence in the defense after last week when they made Case Keenum look like football Jesus. I could see Matt Ryan carving us up. I could also see us carving up the Falcons' defense in the running game. I'm going to go ahead and say, because the Falcons are at home and it's been very close... 28-24 Eagles, bull prediction. (laughs) Last four minutes of the game, Eagles are going to be down 24-21. They come driving down the field. Zach Ertz gets a touchdown, his first of the season, to put the Eagles ahead in an exciting walk-off win, and we all collectively as a fan base lose our goddamn minds. Just even imagining that scenario gets me hype. All right, can't wait for Sunday. Thank you so much for listening to this preview. Let's start this season off 2-0. Why not, right? Fly, Eagles, fly. 
Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Missing Link Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing this with any Eagles fans that you have in your life. Enjoy the game on Sunday, and let's get this win, baby.